0: Welcome to the floor fantasy and sci-fi lore. We are still in Dune. This is another remaster, re-release. In this, we're going to talk about the voice. We will cover some of the earliest writings spawn philosophers about music and its impact on large groups and crowds and how that terrified leaders for thousands of years throughout human history. We'll talk about the rise of radio and how that same fear was then realized that a message could reach thousands of people and impact the entire nation at a single time. And we'll talk about Frank Herbert's own life growing up through that time period of the rise of radio and how those ideas and thoughts would then influence uh, the voice in Dune. So if that is what you're looking for, that is what you're interested in, this is the episode for you. Roll the intro.
1: Do you remember... The first story that was so spellbinding, it drove you to break the rules and stay up all night to keep reading, keep watching,
0: keep playing. So good, you forgot your life and lived there. So good, the moment it ended, you asked yourself, what next? Welcome to the floor. Our goal is to take you back, take you deeper, to explore and understand more and relive that childlike wonder. Join us as we dive deep into humanity's greatest stories, no matter how they are told, through books, movies, television, even games.
2: One of us does an in-depth research on the topic. One of us is familiar
1: with the topic. And one of us knows nothing. So the right questions will always be asked and addressed for anyone coming into the topic, regardless
0: of how much you know. Enjoy another world, another adventure, Another spellbinding story. Join us on the floor.
1: Welcome to another episode of Frank Herbert's surreal sci-fi world. Set 20,000 years into the future, humanity has reached and settled across the universe. Empires have bloomed and burned out. Some crushed under the foot of another, while others fall by the weight of their own arrogance. The drug known as spice gives precognition and is believed to be the key to a unified imperium. This story is Dune.
0: Alright, uh, Aaron, uh, no, Eli, do you want to fill us in on, on some of the things we've talked about so far, leading up to where we're at now, in, in our, our coverage of, I guess, the exposition and the backstory of Dune?
2: Alright, well, our most recent episode, we covered uh, harmonics and uh, uh, structural residents, and if you haven't checked it out, uh, we have posted a vi- video of uh, that bridge i forget which bridge it was Tacoma bridge yeah like the it. tacoma narrows bridge is is what right there yeah right and and it's a perfect example of a harmonic or uh, structural resonance uh activated via harmonics um of uh things that can just destroy themselves because you find that perfect uh frequency frequency um that can destroy it um uh, we, we've talked about the uh, Holtzman effects, we've got instant communication, we've got uh, the sh- shields, uh, which nuclear activate uh, if they get hit by a
0: energy that, weapon. Yeah, the energy weapons.
1: Nuclear activate?
0: So if, if you hit an uh, one of these Holtzman shields with an energy weapon, you will create a nuclear explosion, which is why we don't see energy weapons in dune it's just too dangerous because everybody's got these shields
1: uh so it's basically uh so like playing really aggressive chicken <laughs> like yeah you can shoot me but we're all gonna die and one of the advantages
2: that house atreides that's uh where we get uh paul atreides who's main character and these are kind of looked at as the good guys um in the story, and uh, their shields, they've uh, created these harmonics that are as powerful as energy weapons, but don't create uh, nuclear explosions when hitting these shields. Yep. Um, and, oh, okay. and so that's one of their advantages um, that they have. And then um, the third Holtzman effect is a folding space and time. And that's why the spice is important. Is uh, we've done away with the machines, we mentioned Butlerian jihad, um, and uh, people have become machines. And the only way for them to calculate and run these ships is to be uh, on the spice, uh, concentrate doses to where they can see into the future and they're kind of uh, exploring. Uh, possibilities, the yeah, uh, that are going to happen. They kind of follow, you know, the one that doesn't kill them, and and this That's is how it. they can fold space and time successfully. Whereas they relied on machines before, yeah. and and this is uh, why it is so vital to an intergalactic inner, yeah, intergalactic empire. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that covers
0: a lot of yeah. what we've talked. That about. that catches us up. Uh, so in our first episode, we we talked about the Bene Gesserit, which is the religion uh, of Dune. And they are very much about maintaining uh, political power and influence. And we talked about how they, they're trying to make their super babies and everything. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to come back and talk about the Bene Gesserit again. Because the, an, another tool that the Bene Gesserit have is what is referred to as the voice. And... We can see that that Frank Herbert had a, had a lot of fascination with sound, um, you know, coming coming into Dune. Right, we had the harmonics and structural resonance, but now we're going to be talking about the voice. Um, and again, we want to talk about the era when Frank Herbert grows up and some of the things that would have influenced him. Because while the radio is invented before he's alive, it is not really mainstream and and and, and affordable for everyone until during his lifetime. So he would have huh? lived through, through uh, the moments when only wealthy people had radios to where everybody's got a radio, right?
2: So he lives through pretty much the radio age, right? It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's there, but it's expensive. It's not perfected or mass-produced yet. And then he lives through to the point where everyone yeah. has a radio.
0: Which means that he lived through the time period where people are very concerned about music because with the radio you can have an artist create a song and then for the very first time people in new york city will hear that song at the exact same time that the that people in california hear that song in mass and people begin to talk about uh some of the old time things that were talked about with music right we had old, old philosophers who were worried about how powerful music was on people right you would have these people go up and sing or play an instrument and instantly they could transform the emotion of the entire audience. It says everyone who hears it feels the exact same emotion at the exact same time. That's dangerous. Right? <laughs> That's what they're saying. Be like, because you know, if you if these musicians can make them feel whatever they want and they can get these large groups of people to feel it all together, they could really get them to do some crazy things. And so it's scared. Uh, some of these ancient philosophers, and this is going back like to ancient Greece, where they were talking about these concerns, you know, and they even talk about what would happen if everyone everywhere could hear the same song at once. Be like, they could they could turn the whole city, the whole nation against us instantly. Eli,
2: so uh, this reminds me of a story I, d- I don't think I've shared here on the floor, but uh, 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 the I believe the Mayans or. Um, were- uh, Aztecs, it was probably in the Mayans, and there was a, uh, the Catholic Church had sent over monks to try and convert these natives uh, when they first discovered America, and uh, there, was, there was this monk, uh, living monks, these villagers, and he'd been living there for a little bit, and one day he pulls out a flute that he knows how to play, and he begins to play it, and this tribe didn't know music, It wasn't a part of their culture at all. And so he was playing music for the very first time. And the entire tribe stops everything they're doing and stares at him. And some of them even began to just drool. And the chief sees this and he thinks, oh no, he's, he's taken control over my people.
0: He's taken control of their
2: minds. Yeah. So he runs over and he stabs the priest (laughs) in the chest because he's like, he just mind controlled all my people, yeah. And 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 the villagers' reaction to this is they rip him to pieces, yeah. Because they because, enjoyed it, yes, yes, yes. So, so not only is it true that it is very powerful, but to think that it is evil power, you, you know, y- you shouldn't assume that, uh, is my yeah. warning.
0: Yeah. So so like I said, so we have these ancient philosophers, you know, watching and pondering, you know, without science or tools to watch the mind and understand it, you know, looking at music and it concerns them what it could do. Right. Right. Um, And then we move to a period of time, thousands of years later, where now everyone can. The whole nation can hear the whole piece of music all at once. And an interesting thing developed that, again, people begin to get scared about this power and they say. You know what the weirdest thing is, he says, if you have the exact same piece of music heard by people in New York for the very first time, and in California, he says, they will begin to move in ways that are almost in unison. He says, they physically begin to move in the very same way hearing that music no matter where they are. Be like, how much power does this stuff have? And so. These were opinions and arguments being debated in newspapers as Frank Herbert is going up, right? Growing up. And mm-hmm. then later, as he's working on Dune, we then have the MK Ultra program uh, taking place in CIO. Ah. And the hearings would have been playing out in the newspaper as he's working on uh, Dune, where they were trying everything to induce mind control, you know, psychics, combinations of drugs, music, all of that living right. together.
2: Staring at ghosts or goats. Yeah. 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 They are doing anything they
0: could. Anything they could. Yeah. So out of this, we then get the Benny Jezzer, the voice. So Herbert says, we have seen music produce physical reactions in people. We dance. Not only do we dance, but the dances developed, even if they're in totally different places in the world, to the same piece of music are still fairly similar. We recognize that because of the beat, right? The beat produces a certain rhythm.
2: Right. And, and the dance is the behavior.
0: Yeah. And so Herbert says, you know, and then looking at this this NK uh, Ultra stuff, right, we can produce the same emotion. We can produce the same, if not similar, uh, behavior and actions with specific sounds. He says, what is the extreme evolution of this possibility? And that is the Jenny Bezret voice, where the Jenny Bezretts have identified specific tones, rhythms, and sounds, and vowels, and, 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 you know, and even the timbre to produce specific reactions in people, right? It's a science and, and almost an art that they've been developing for thousands of years. And so you will see the Bene Gesserit use a voice to compel people to do things sometimes, almost like it is hypnotic. And that kind of evolves out of these influences in Herbert's life.
2: Right, so... Uh- and and the way this is manifested in the story, um, in the movie uh, uh, in the eighties at least, uh, when when they would use the voice, they kind of changed it to a very low tone, and the person is very strong and stern, almost giving them a command. Um, yes, yeah. similar to uh, Jedi mind tricks. Uh, yeah, very similar to Jedi mind tricks. Yeah, however, came out far before. Um, but, uh, so, you know, the Jedi mind tricks might've been modeled after the voice so
0: from much, Dune. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, the voice of Dune was definitely, you know, an influence on those Jedi mind tricks. But like I said, Herbert, you know, instead of creating this supernatural force, he was saying, you know, here is music. Here's what we see it do. What is the extreme that we could maybe push those tones and its influence on human behavior? And then what did that become? And for him, that becomes the voice.
2: Right. Which is, I think, kind of where we get that surreal sci-fi coming in here. Or uh, even uh, sometimes talk as a re- punk, uh, something to do with, like, some kind of physical manipulation of the world to create your sci-fi technology. Yeah. And, and the voice is very much one of these things where you make a sound that will get somebody to obey you.
0: Yeah to
2: behave in a certain way but
0: yeah but i definitely thought that was really a, an interesting thing and i think at some point i've even talked about aaron we will talk about tonal magic as it kind of plays out in, in dnd and i've scyting. never heard
2: of tonal magic as a term before
0: yeah well it's a, yeah and and that really roots in this influence uh, of music throughout history and and you know it's it's powerful influence on human emotion is that what bardic inspiration is yeah, so Bardic, Bardic, all Bardic magic is tonal magic, right?
1: Okay. Okay. Which which makes sense because if you look at like the best storytellers or entrepreneurs or motivational speakers, I guess is probably the best words. They they get you to feel a certain way with how they talk about something. So you don't immediately feel that way, but they get everyone to kind of go on this journey with them and feel yeah. And what they want you to feel, whether it be passion, excitement, anger,
0: sadness, right. and you know, bards just do it, and you know, a few limericks. So, but yeah, and, and so, the, so like I said, we talked about it a little bit here because that, that those ideas that would eventually evolve into tonal magic in fantasy worlds definitely kind of influences Herbert here in the development of the the Benny Jesuit voice. So the next Take a thing, break. okay. All right. So when we come back, we will talk about uh, the guild and uh, after guild and what all of that means.
2: Welcome back to the second half of this episode of Doom. We've been getting diving deep into the Benny Jesaret because yeah. I I believe I just say Benny Bessaret earlier. So I just wanted to clarify that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the voice, the original Jedi mind tricks. Um, and, and harmonics and, and how this, uh, uh, what's the new word? Tonal magic. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 so we've just been covering all of that. And then, uh, Joe, what, what did you mention we were about to get into? We are going to be talking about the guilt, the guilt and, and what exactly that is.
0: Yes. Okay. So, uh, in Dune, uh, within the dating system, uh, they have what they call before AG and after AG because this moment is so pivotal to how their world functions and works. What, what is AG? AG is after Guild, so all time is after this event. All time is then reckoned. The, everything that happened uh, before the Guild is formed, and everything that happens after Guild. So you have BG, which is before Guild, and AG, which is after Guild, and that's how time is reckoned within dune because this moment is so pivotal and
2: we we are operating off of our universe in the future but this is a new dating system that yes. is more relevant to the space age yep um and 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 so this overtakes AD
0: and BC yeah so and and uh uh BCE and CE which is you know right the, the current ones yeah right common era yeah Yeah, common era and before common era. so this this dating system will uh, replace that and maybe there even may have been a dating system in between that we don't know about but it will be it will replace that because it's such an important event so there are three pillars to the guild that make it work and the guild is essentially how the universe works right this is how the empire is run organized and why it has so much power and influence in the world of doom. This is why there can be one emperor and he rules everything is because he is a member of the guild. Okay. So the guild is an organization of
2: like people being like, we need to be unified because that's yeah. how we're strongest
0: strongest. This is, yeah. How kill- are we going to do this? An emperor. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, So the three pillars are, of course, you have the emperor who is in charge of the military and uh, you know political laws, legislation, and all of that, right? So he is that pillar of it. The second pillar is what is called Chome Manufacturing. That's C H O A M, Chome Manufacturing, and this is the super mega corporation, right? Yeah, it's a super mega corporation. They make eighty percent of everything in the universe of dune right they make a lot. a lot yeah they make everything and so if they decide to cut you off like let's say the emperor is like hey this planet's being difficult stop making things for them then you can put them back in the dark ages right pretty quickly right. you know right if you lose 80 percent of your uh,
2: industrial industry in a day or a week. <laughs> yeah, that
0: that cripples your economy. It's the, it's the apocalypse. <laughs> it's the yeah, it's the apocalypse exactly. Yeah. So that gives them that almost complete economic control, right? The emperor is in a union with the manufacturer of almost everything, right? Like let's say you have Amazon and Tesla and GM and Toyota and, you know, Nissan and, you know, Walmart and Costco, let's say they're all in a company run by Trump, right? Right. Well, it'd be run by Biden now, technically. It'd be run by Biden. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And so you have all that together, and then we get to throw in one more factor, right, which is the third pillar of the guild, which is the space guild. It's a little confusing because they use the same name.
2: But there's the guild, and then there's the The space Space guild. Guild. Let's do different guilds. guilds.
0: Yeah, and so the Space Guild is in charge of all uh, travel, right? They are the ones who fold space that allow for travel within a solar system, within a galaxy, within a universe. And They own the ships. Yep, they own the ships and all the navigators, right? So we talked about how the spice uh, gives you that kind of ability, but there's more to it. There's a lot of just understanding how space folds and having you know a certain genetic mutation to be able to see far enough into the future to see the folds of space coming out. And so the navigators have been heavily genetic modified that they no longer look human, right? Uh, most people think they kind of look like fishy creatures and they don't actually live in water. What they live in is kind of a, a, a gas of the spice. Um, they are They are so heavily exposed to this that they that's what they breathe is spice laden air
1: yeah
2: um <laughs> i imagine these people are living or i mean they are people but you you know these heavenly modified genetically changed individuals who uh, you know are breathing the spice all the time they're living in like multiple futures while living in the same time they must be so drifty and strange to interact with yeah like Uh, like sure they can do something you can't do but like like cohesiveness like like they probably naturally speak in riddles because (laughs) they're living a riddle you know
1: yeah there's just they're just one with like the universe at that point they're like they're like if hippies like got Translated or something.
0: Well, it, it's, it's like if you're living and you can see, right, like they talk about like you make a decision and then the dimensional theory, right? Then the other you makes a different decision and like a thousand of those out from that. And that's how different dimensions form. These people live in all those dimensions all at once, processing, processing and thinking through that. So it's basically Dr.
1: Strange, but not with like his cohesive brain. Right. Yeah. Like, like, like it's someone it's, whose brain broke doing what Dr. Strange does. <laughs>
0: But, like, oh my well, that's, guys, that's yeah, and so so these are the Navigators, and they are what you know allow them to fold space safely and travel across them, and they only are in the Space Guild. The secrets of how you make a Navigator, how you train a Navigator, how you keep a Navigator alive, all of that are secrets kept by the Space Guild alone, so no one else even has the power to fold space, right? Oh. But it your, is not one guild owns it. Okay. One, yeah. So the Space Guild owns that; no one else can do that. And so Chom is wholly dependent on the Space Guild to transport their products. The uh, Emperor is wholly dependent on the Space Guild to transport his soldiers, and it, you know, so he can enforce his laws across the universe. Uh, but again, they are a pillar of the group, right? Right, but the the Space Guild is dependent
2: on spice. Yes.
0: And the, the space guild
2: one consumer.
0: is dependent on spice. Yes. Because they, they can't do their thing without it. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So now you have this, it's it's like a super monopoly, right? It is government, it is manufacturing, and it is travel and commerce have joined together to say we rule the universe, what we say goes. And these
2: are three pillars, we would say there's the emperor, the guild,
0: and then the spacing guild. No, the, the Emperor Chome and the space guild, and that forms the guild. Okay.
2: Okay. Right, yeah. Okay.
0: So, okay. and so okay. when okay. these okay. Before yeah. we win these,
1: let me let me make sure I'm following, because you just yeah. dropped a lot of information on me, and I want to keep up. So first, there's the space guild. Yes. Well, not first, but they're like human, amphibian, weird-looking creatures, and they're in charge of space travel. And they live like, in fish tanks. They're basically TSA, but- for the
0: universe
1: <laughs> right. but also just like super laissez-faire with life because they speak in riddles and they do drugs for breathing uh then there's the actual guild which they're in charge of
0: what okay, exactly so, so you've got the space guild and then you've got the manufacturing which is chome right yep that one i got okay and what, then what's... you have the emperor okay okay and these three come together to make a single organization called the Guild. Oh, okay, I missed that part. So the Guild
1: is all of them together. All so of them together. Guild yeah. is TSA. Chom is the ultra manufacturing company that just makes everything. Um, and then the Emperor is just kind of the figurehead yeah. of all of that and kind of the decision yeah. maker.
0: Okay. So, and it is the formation of this union that really allows a single government to rule all mankind because everybody has to go along with them, right? Uh, Because if you disagree with them, you fight back, they cut you off, right? They cut off your travel, they cut off your manufacturing because you disobeyed the emperor, right? Right. But as Eli pointed out, This whole system that allows for the controlling of the universe depends on one resource, the spice. Mm -hmm. And it only comes from one planet,
1: Dune. Also known as Arrakis. Arrakis.
0: Arrakis. So that, that thing becomes kind of the pivotal plot point of Dune. But Herbert, in setting up his world this way, that, that everything was so dependent on a single rare resource, he created a really fantastic wor- world for political, um, I guess, conflict. So much so that it is modeled repeatedly by other creators hereafter. So um, in... When when video games were first being developed, uh, strategy games like uh, uh, Starcraft, uh, World uh, Warcraft, um, you know, and other games of that kind, Dune was one of the very first that they did this with. And one of the reasons they did was because of spice um, within this story and this narrative. One Dune was pretty big at the time, but also having a single con- uh, highly valued resource of the that everybody had to compete for created a very high conflict zone in these strategy games. And that's what made it very effective. It was an older game, one of the first to come out. But that model was reused by strategy games going forward because they're like, you know, having that single resource that's so rare and valuable everyone has to fight over means they fight over it. Wait, so you're. T- I remember playing that
2: Dune. Uh, yeah, and you're saying it's one of the first real-time strategy games.
0: Yeah, it was one of the first, and it was very successful for its time. And like I said, all the other games coming after said, for this to work, you really need that one super rare resource everybody's fighting over. Right. Because otherwise, they they don't come into conflict enough to keep the game interesting. Because
2: you can just make your own happy farm. And-
0: yeah, you can just build and fortify, build and fortify, build and fortify. And then everybody's got a super fortress and, you know, you don't leave because you're safe inside. Well, in gameplay testing, they're like, this doesn't work. You've got to force them into conflict. And Dune did that with the Spice and then all the other games after was like, we have to follow that model. Because mm-hmm. that's, that's what works.
2: Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, no. Uh that great job finding that that's one of the first RTSs. Like I remember playing it and I was more into Warcraft once but I think that had come out a little bit later and Yeah,
1: yeah, that's, that's Warcraft amazing. is so hard. <laughs> I've played RTSs and I played that on easy and got my butt wrecked. The <laughs> first one? Yeah, I think so. It was, yeah.
2: I remember it being very difficult and I was the youngest. And so, like, my older brothers, like, they could beat levels, and then I would try it by myself. I'm like, I'm struggling. Tell me what to do. Tell me, Tell me what to do. <laughs> do
1: it for me. <laughs>
0: yeah. But, uh, me. yeah, and so it, it just had a heavy influence on the whole genre and just how it would shape conflicts. Just because he, Herbert had just had this incredible vision for creating that compelling narrative. By making everything so dependent on one resource that everyone had to fight for,
2: I feel like when we talk about Doom, we discover a new way how he has just influenced like a so huge many scenes. genre of
0: things. Yeah, yeah. Well, like uh, like uh, RJ said, you know RJ Walker, he was like it influenced so much everything. Right, right. Did like something,
2: yeah, it probably was influenced by me yeah he, he just like it, it competes with uh Tolkien, yeah
0: yeah yeah well, and uh you know, I think for me, like what really illustrates how powerful the influence of dune is Terminator is essentially the butlerian jihad and Frank <laughs> and for Frank Herbert in building dune, that was just a piece of backstory that happened, right <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, yeah he he was just like, all right, all right, so this is my world I want. What do I do to create this world? Oh, fight the machines. Perfect. All right. Moving on to my world.
0: Moving on. <laughs> moving on. It's like, that's great. This is better. Keep moving. <laughs> You're right. And now there's a
2: giant franchise.
0: Yeah. You know, like this whole franchise was based off of like like two pages that you compile all of it together in Dune. And then you get this huge franchise out of it.
1: Like Which- literally, Governor of California
2: was born out of Frank
1: Herbert's Butlerian jihad. G- oh. Let's back up for a second. That is not where he was born <laughs> at. He was Mr. Olympia, sir. You, <laughs> <laughs> no, you shut your mouth. He did great in the movie industry for sure, and he and he took that by storm. But don't you for a second say that's where he started. <laughs> know, lose I'm not 20 a pounds. Mother, just to- I know. I I get, it. I get Gosh, it. if we ever do an episode <laughs> on, you know. The rise and fall of bodybuilding and rise again <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot <laughs>
0: we'll, we'll get some people I just, yeah. oh Joe yeah Tell us, what are we gonna talk about next time uh next time we're actually gonna go very deep into the Butlerian jihad and uh just as that was a really big part of influencing what dune would become that is the moment where our evolution of technology and theirs really split you know and and so and and that's really the point where when you encounter Dune you're like why is it so weird? And it's because of the Butlerian Jihad. That is why their technology is so weird. And
2: do get ready because we are going to be talking about two possibilities because Frank Herbert has notations and then his son wrote a whole book on it which has contradictory things yeah but that's how he wanted to write it so we will be talking about frank herbert's as well as uh, his son and just get ready for that awesome
0: we hope you've enjoyed this episode we have mentioned in the past that if you go to the patreon page we have collections of all the different worlds and pieces of lore we have covered. For example, if you want everything we have ever done about Baldur's Gate, from the invention of d and to Baldur's Gate 1, Baldur's Gate 2, Dark Alliance, all of that, you can find individual collections for all of those, or just one big collection containing all of Baldur's Gate or all of d and So everything we have covered, everything we have covered, Eberron, Marvel, DC, Alien Zoonoverse, Cyberpunk, Dune, and more. We have collections for each of those worlds. And I do want to mention that on the Patreon, the only thing behind the subscription is the treasure room content. Anything that has been released in the podcast for free is still free there. It is just a better organization of the information that the podcast app doesn't let us do. They are just a big list and you just got to type in your search words. On the Patreon, there are tags for everything. You got fantasy, d creature features, Baldur's Gate 1, Baldur's Gate 2, Dark Alliance, all of that. Just an individual tag for those episodes and as I said, we do have collections just to make this as easy as possible to find what you're looking for. We have learned in the past that a lot of people who listen to The Floor, they're interested in one or two of the worlds and they may check out one or two of the episodes when we switch worlds, but they're really just mostly interested in that. So we just want to like consolidate everything you're looking for to make it just as easy as possible to access. So... Check that out just to make your life easier. And uh, we are working at making sure you can download any of the free episodes there. So even if you're going to lose Wi-Fi or connection, you can get the episodes you want before that happens or just not burn your data while you're traveling to and from work or whatever it else is you do while you listen. And uh, thank you. I hope you continue to enjoy the show.